This podcast series has been made possible through an exclusive sponsorship from SA's number one nano-influencer platform, The Salt. Most brands have a communication line to their existing customers, but not a way to get them to have additional positive brand conversations. The Salt solves the problem by identifying brand fans and getting them to talk more about their positive brand experiences. The Salt have a database of over 140,000 registered brand fans and in-depth information on each to perfectly match your brand to the right influencers. Reach out to them now and see what they can do for you. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm a guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing, and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. Hey Gordon, how's it going? Great, Doc, and uh, very excited about the feedback today from the the Marketing Excellence Awards, which you were so busy with over these last few weeks. Uh, Some really interesting stuff, uh, some truly definitive campaigns, and uh, just looking at, and I'm not going to give away the family silver at this stage, but just looking at some of these winners, often at an awards thing, I find myself looking at a campaign or a brand saying, how did that happen? But I think in this case, if I look through all these campaigns and all these awards and the people, you, I can see it. You know, it, it, it adds up, which I think is always very, very reassuring in any kind of campaigns uh, uh, award program. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I think, Gordon, you know, we've all been around long enough with awards and, and we've won and we've lost and, and we've judged and we've been part of the process. And at the end of the day, and I think, you know, I, I mean, I certainly spent a lot of time with various panels and that, and we always wanted to come out with uh you know clear cut winners as much as we could and so we had a mixture I mean, just to give you a sense i mean you, you were saying weeks although we've only publicized this for a few weeks we've been doing this on and off for a few months you know from the end of last year you know over the december break we were starting to look at case studies so there's a lot of submissions we had a body of big brand experts agency people media people academics etc and in total 60 judges you know over 15 categories so uh we would like to think it was as robust i guess as we could have have, have been uh, and i mean i chaired two of the processes um and they were us certainly from my side i can tell you we spent hours in getting to the winners uh and yeah so hopefully uh, right and i mean you know just to 
I mean, for our listeners out there, if they haven't, if you haven't looked at the list, you know, you can go onto the marketingawards.co.za, so marketingawards.co.za site, and you can get a full list of the winners uh, across all the various categories. But I think, Gordon, let's just highlight um, just a few that we can talk through interesting cases, and then we're going to welcome a very special guest in the second half of our show today. So I don't know, Gordon and your, who stood out for you on those on those winners? Well, you know, for me, what's intriguing is uh, the performance of of Shoprite, the Shoprite Group. I mean, for me, is the standout uh, performer across a number of categories, from integrated marketing, digital brand marketing, new product brand launch. Uh, I think, the, and and just marketing innovation generally, which is really exciting because sometimes we think you've got to have a really groovy brand in order to do groovy marketing. But uh, to see the competence uh, and, and the way it's rolled out and myself having now as a consequence of this campaign actually becoming a, uh, you know, a, a customer because of, of some of the things like their, uh, the loyalty card, it's, it's really tangible. You know, that's what I'm saying. I can, I can, I'm not just seeing the exercise on a piece of paper. When I go out Monday to Friday to shop, you know, I, I'm, I'm experiencing it, which I think for me is, is a standout. It really is quite extraordinary, really, to see a, a retailer winning in this space. And yes, it is marketing rather than, you know, it's not cans, but nevertheless, there's a high inferred creativity in this, which somehow in our own minds, often we, we disassociate with retail. So I, I was really knocked out by that. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Gordon, they were certainly, if you look at the numbers, they were the big winner on the night. I mean, they won four out of those, out of the 15 categories. And I mean, you know, if you look at, and again, I was uh, part of the committee that, that looked at some of that stuff. And I mean, you look at the case studies, the data. Now, and, and I think from a judging point of view, we made very sure we didn't want an extension of an ad agency to win this. You know, I mean, that's an advertising creative, art night creative award. Okay. This is the art and science of marketing. And if you look at a lot of the data that sits behind the work that Checkers has got, I mean, really, you know, I don't want to use the cliche of big data, but really big data that they do use uh, to the benefit of the consumer. So I think they were the big winners on the night in terms of numbers. Then the other big categories, um, a few weeks ago, we had Doug Place on from Nando's, uh, and he was one of the finalists for Market of the Year. Uh, that award went to Benice Samuels from MTN. So again, a big uh, shout out to Benice. But Doug and, and his team at Nando's walked away with Marketing Company of the Year. So yeah, again, you know, uh, a good all-round performance from the Nando's group. Yes, and, and what's, you know, what's interesting, you, you're throwing back to the uh, Marketing Person of the Year awards, is if I look at some of the performers here, so we had Standard Bank, we've got Nando's, we've got MTN. Um, there's a sort of a discernible correlation between marketing personalities and marketing outcomes, which in a world of big data and all those things you were talking about, the science and the data, it's encouraging for me, uh, who kind of more of an instinctive marketing person, you know, growing up in the 70s and the 80s, to see that, you know, to, to a degree, we are, we are still a, a personality-led industry sector, which, I, which is great news, I think, for everybody. I'd hate to see uh, companies and brands losing their personality um, you know, and surrendering that to, to science and, and data only. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, Gordon, that's why, you know, just looking at the, at the mix of judges and the mix of, of category winners, we looked at both of those things. You know, we, we didn't ever want to discount the fact that there's got to be a little bit of pizzazz, a bit of flair, a bit of creativity, etc. But also backed up, you know, with good insights uh, and really something that is done for the good of the consumer, you know, not for the good of the marketer. And I think we've all been around enough campaigns where, you know, a creative house would sit down and say, this is quite a cool idea. And you do it really for an award. Uh, I've certainly lived through that. And I think these, you know, if I look at some of those, uh, I look at, uh, and we had Kinsani on a few weeks back from Nedbank, you know, they won in terms of, of, of money secrets. And you and I spoke about how important, really important understanding money is, you know, um, a good piece of work there. Tulani, as you say, from Standard Bank for Internal Market. Hayley Brower from uh, Hollard, you know, in a difficult category, B2B category, truck insurance. You know, so they were talking about, you know, trying to bring down uh, fatalities on the road, you know, truck fatalities, so road safety. So, again, some really good campaigns, you know, not just flashy campaigns that you would see on, on whichever medium you you, you look, but uh, some really good, some really good and thought through uh, pieces of work. So, fantastic for all the winners. Absolutely. And you know, you've mentioned all the finalists and they all, one way or the other, are featuring here, even though, as you said, Venice uh, was the overall marketing person of the year. And congratulations, Venice, uh, for that achievement. It's, uh, it really is recognition uh, also of a lifetime of contribution to the marketing sector. To a degree, you've answered my next question. I was going to ask you, know, if you look at this, uh, Doc, um, I know from my judging cans, uh, media awards that the way you enter is critical. So if you look at the quality of the entry and you were giving advice now to people entering next year, what are the, some of the tips that judges would be looking for in the entries themselves beyond the, the actual case studies and the play out? But what, you know, what, what kind of flags your attention as a judge uh, you know, when, when, you, when you see something coming across your desk? Yeah, I think, Gordon, I can't obviously speak on all the categories because, you know, I only judged and chaired two categories, but I can tell you those two. We had quite a robust uh, metric that we gauged against, and it was quite balanced. You know? So it was both cases, a 10-point scorecard of which, obviously, the submission itself, the case study, the creativity, uh, the work, the art part of it came through. But then also we looked very carefully at the business results. You know, what, what did it translate into? It wasn't a great piece of campaign work that didn't really have an effect. Obviously, we scored that lower than pieces of work that resonated and had a customer uplift or a customer benefit. We looked at areas, um, you know, such as learning and development. Has the person themselves developed and has that person as a leader developed their teams of people? So there were quite, I mean, the 10 categories that we looked at. So, to answer your question, I think a lot, the, the bulk of the stuff must be good work. So you've got to enter properly. And I mean, we did, I, I mean, I'll give an example. I also did t uh, telephonic Zoom type interviews with a whole lot of people around the finalists as well. So it wasn't just, you know, a piece of case. It wasn't a person who can write well in an agency who can put a nice PowerPoint together. It was a question of me asking peers, uh, a superior and then a channel partner, be it a franchise holder, be it an agency. So uh, it was a fairly robust piece of work. And again, I'd encourage people, you know, if you didn't enter this year, to be part of the conversation for next year. If you're a marketer out there, please, and you believe you're doing some really good work, put your hand up. You know, you can't win unless you enter. And uh, and I urge people to go out there and, and enter. And, and really, you know, because I'd like to think that we've got uh, some really great winners this year. Yeah, also, you know, not uh, to put too much pressure on yourselves and the organizers, but um, one of the things which I think it was always very popular after Cannes Awards 
was doing a little bit of a roadshow around uh, you know, the country to interested stakeholders about the outcomes, about some of the learning. So hopefully uh, we can get beyond the award into using it as, as, as a learning uh, playground as well. I think, I think there's a tremendous amount of learning that can come out of it. And yeah, you've, you've touched on it for me, <clears throat> thinking back to awards, uh, what always resonated with me was clarity of objective and substantiation of outcome. And that, that's the axis for me, you know, if you've got those two things, clear objectives and clear substantiation of outcome, uh, you, you're in the game. So, yeah, very exciting stuff. And talking about development, you've, uh, we have a uh, very excited to have a guest from uh, the awards with us today. Yeah, absolutely, Gordon. It's one of the categories that uh, I was part of, and it's uh, the under 35 rising stars, you know, that, that was one of, I don't want to say one of the more prestigious categories because it, it sounds like the others weren't. They were all prestigious categories, but there were three leadership categories, market of the year, organization of the year, and then rising star. In other words, you know, the future leader of, 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 um, of tomorrow. And yeah, so I'm pleased and, and proud to welcome from Discovery, Sarisha Pele. Uh, Sarisha won rising star not only did they did she win that but they also discovered that is for running world cup won the best strategic sponsorship so we'll chat about that in a bit later sarisha thanks very much for joining us and welcome hi doug hi gordon thanks so much for having me i feel very very excited and privileged to be here congratulations what a wonderful achievement thank you so much no, I mean, Sarisha, let's get straight into it. I mean, firstly, well done. I mean, it's a fantastic achievement. You were up against really big names in, in your category, uh, some big brands that were represented. And I mean, Gordon, just also, um, I didn't even tell you this. I was just chatting to the other finalists uh, this morning, actually. Um, and some of them have agreed to come onto shows in the next few weeks. So it's going to be quite nice to have their story as well, you know, uh, just to hear about, you know, their journey and not just the awards entry, uh, the, the marketing they're doing, you know, because besides the entry, these are all marketers in their own right. So, I, you know, I think it'll be great for our audience and our listeners to hear, you know, tomorrow's marketers and very much today's marketers, if you like, talking about their journey. So that's also quite exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, you know, for me, I'm, I'm just thinking about this in terms of, of potential learnings for young marketers out there. And also, I think it's very motivational to, to hear your peers uh, who are achieving. So I, I'm looking forward to some of those shows going forward. And uh, I was intrigued by some of the, the observations that uh, have been made in, in Sarisha's submission, you know, but one thing which kind of, kind of resonated with me was... Uh, personalizing you know, campaigns or marketing uh, outcomes for end user through powerful storytelling and data-driven insights. And that was an intriguing juxtaposition for me, uh, Sarisha. Storytelling, in my mind, you know, we had uh, Lynn Joffe, Wonder B. Lazarus on uh, last week or, or so, um, talking about storytelling, which seems to kind of intimate uh, creativity and, and open-endedness. But but linking the two to data-driven insights, I thought was really intriguing. Tell us how you how you plan that space, storytelling, you know, using data. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I think that the first thing is to to cut it, consider yourself and put yourself in the in the consumer's shoes and whatever you're doing, right? So, and the only way to kind of, and I don't want to only say competitive advantage, but to reach the consumer in such a cluttered environment. Um, like when you're looking at rewards programs or, you know, playing in our space is that you, you have all the, you have access to all this data, right? And 
the only way to excel or ensure that your, your strategy is executed well and we've done a deep dive is to is to consider the data, look at every aspect of, you know, consumer behavior, what's their interests. And only then can you come up with creative ideas and creative solutions uh, to address, you know, the these opportunities, uh, the opportunities that you find. And, and that's so important. And that's when you can um, try and tell stories that resonate with people, uh, which is so important because, as I said, you know, people are bombarded with information and it's your organization needs to stand out in an authentic way. Yeah, and, and uh, Sarisha, I mean, just talking of those stories, I mean, let's just talk about your award entry. I mean, there were three categories that you, that you entered into. Um, and as I said, you know, you, you won the big category of sponsorship one as well. But let's talk about, you know, you, you had a Vitality Run series and your idea of a medal set. So I want to touch on that. Snapchat to amplify, so using social platforms. And then the big one, well, I'll say the big one, but I'm the international one. I want you to touch on the teams that you were involved with, the Vitality Running World Cup. So if you don't mind just spending a minute or so on each one of those. Sure. So the first one is the Vitality Run series medal set. And I, I always say that that's kind of my first brainchild um, at, at Vitality. It's, it's very exciting. So I started, uh, I started there uh, at 23 years old as a marketing intern. And I just had the privilege of working on so many exciting and innovative projects um, uh, with the team. So the Vitality Run series was... Uh, launched to get people moving more and you know as part of our core purpose we want to make people healthier and enhance and protect their lives so what we did was in 2017 we launched this inaugural, inaugural vitality run series uh, which involved partnering with uh, four other running clubs in Johannesburg so it was the old eds uh, wanderers Randberg harriers and the rockies uh, so just considering, obviously, going back to data, we had we know that 38% of people are inactive. And that was obviously the data at that time. But uh, in addition to that, people don't really want to wake up early on a weekend. Uh, you know, so how do you find a clever way of getting people moving more, um, you know, exercising? And we're not only looking at people who are you know, avid runners, we we also want to get people off the couch and moving more. Um, so we obviously just trying to understand that, you know, the clubs are already giving medals away to all participants. How do we find a way to incentivize other people um, to, to participate? And that's where I came up with the idea of, you know, just trying to understand the environment, try to understand what would make people want to enter and that was just coming up with that uh, interlocking middle set. So kind of fit together as, as a puzzle piece. So each race that you participated in, you would get a puzzle. And uh, you know, obviously from a social media perspective, we encouraged people to you know, take pictures, to get excited, share their progress. And a lot of the people were excited about you know, completing these middle sets. And you had, I, I mean, just for the... the participation in the tournament was incredible it was overwhelming um, and it was so successful we had over 25,000 South Africans participating you know in these races in Johannesburg 
uh, and it was so successful that we've expanded. We, we expanded to Cape Town, to uh, Durban, and and Pretoria as well. And you can still participate in those races now, even if it's virtual. You know, so it's 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 been such an incredible journey. We've we've learned a lot. We did uh, help get people off the couch and moving, and just uh, finding their passion for running, actually, which they never thought they would do before. So, so that was uh, the Vitality Run series. Um, yeah. If you before you go before you go on, that, that's fantastic. I mean, Gordon, you were just—I mean, you told me a while ago about your comrades' lockdown marathon. Hashtag no filter. That's how this podcast is delivering real down-to-earth stories told by real people. For an influencer campaign that takes brand conversation to everyday real-life situations, go check out thesalt.co.za. They are the undisputed experts in real influencer marketing. Yeah, you know, I think it was those sorts of things. It's, it's a it's a kind of a crazy logic that uh, Sarisha has uh, has touched on, and she's correct. You know, if you say to me, "Look, I want you to run around the park X number of times," yeah, it's a bit iffy. But if you offer me a badge or a medal, you know, I'm kind of interested. You know, what I mean. Uh, you have to see things like park runs, you know, people are pushing themselves to do 25 park runs for a t-shirt, you know, so reward, it's amazing, you'd think if you had enough energy to get off your feet and go and do something, you could motivate yourself, but but you do need those external uh, benchmarks and those uh, uh, incentives, I, I should say, to uh, to drive you, but I mean, I certainly got swept up in all of that kind of activity, and it gave me a chance to set targets, to participate, and feel like I was, it wasn't just me walking around my house on my own, you know, I really, I felt the sense of being part of something bigger, which I think made a huge difference uh, to to the average kind of punter out there like me. Yeah, Great, and I mean, even when we launched, uh, it was just around creating the sense of community, you know, get your friends and family involved in running with you, you know, get your training buddy with you. Um, so I'm glad that you participated and you're on the comrades. Um, journey as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm on a very small portion of the conference. <laughs> I did the 21 last year. I'm going to go for my first marathon in 21 years uh, this year as part of the Comrades Challenge. So, uh, yeah, it's really got sure. me going again uh, into something I thought I'd left behind 20 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Cool. And, and I think just the, the, the last point I want to make before you move on, Sirisha, is just, you know, like we said about marking for good Gordon is hopefully a lot of this behavior sticks you know what I mean it's not a 2020 phenomenon sort of because I was in lockdown type behavior you know this is healthy money secrets you know healthy eating you know we had Celeste Williams on Sarisha a while ago you know talking for discovery and vitality the good things that you guys continue to do and certainly now you know with this hopefully people will keep moving uh, and moving to stay fit mm. and to stay healthy. And you don't have to race and run a PB every time, but certainly, you know, yeah. just move to stay active. Yeah. So thanks very much for that. Absolutely. Would, would you take us to your next idea? Sure. So the next idea also was in 2017. It was part of an internal marketing innovation challenge um, that I was privileged enough to have won. But the idea was uh, looking at the trends at the time. So Snapchat was clearly something that was popular, at very popular at that time. It was on the rise in 2017. And, and just kind of researching the platform, uh, I started to realize, you know, that it was this, this, this new frontier for experiential marketing, which 
which we needed to kind of um, be in that in that be in that space. So what I wanted to do was create these customized branded geofilters that would drive engagement and just appear in in a specific location where you are. Um, and once I've won, I was able to um, execute the idea. And you know, I pitched the idea to the Discovery Card team um, as part of the uh, awareness campaign for Katy Perry's Witness the Tour concert. It was very, very fun. I was able to um, plan and, and launch a national filter, which was accessible to all South Africans on one specific day where they could engage with these different Katy Perry themed filters. Um, you know, each filter was based on a song that she came up with. So it was very exciting. We, we included a competition element where people could win VIP tickets to, to the concert. All you had to do was take as many pictures um, or selfies rather as possible with the d- different geofilters using the hashtag snaps for Katie. We also got loads of influencers involved in the marketing campaign. Um, and, it, and also it, it was the first time we, we did a, a snapshot filter. I think it was the first uh, snapshot filter done in South Africa as well from a business um, and it achieved over 115,000 impressions over 315 hours of playtime. But on the concert days as well, we had specific filters where you could take a picture of the QR code. Um, a specific filter would pop up over the three-day concert. So each person who um, attended the concert would have different filters available to them at that time. And it just created so much FOMO for the people who weren't at the concert. Um, so much excitement. And it was really one of the super fun campaigns that that i had the opportunity to work on that's good Sarisha, just a quick question here um and may well be a depressing question because once you <laughs> won an award like the rising star the next question is what advice have you got there you know for for young marketers who are coming into this arena i mean the last 10 years has been really quite uh, an extraordinary period, I, I guess, for marketers in this country. You've had to grapple with some very, very real issues. But if you look at it now and, and you would say one or two th- things to, to young marketers who in four or five years' time are going to be the, the, the rising stars, what, what, what have you picked up? What, what's the kind of guideline that you would give? What are people, what's a must-do and what's a must-not-do? Yeah, um, I think that's a great question. And... Um... You know, just reflecting on my time and my journey uh, in this space and just over the five years working at Discovery, I've, I've grown so much, you know, professionally and personally. And uh, I mean, just from my perspective, you know, the first thing is just always approach everything you do with a positive mindset. You know, in marketing, everything moves so quickly it's tough, you know, you feel overwhelmed. There's not one day where I can say, oh, I actually know what's going on. You know, everything just different. It's new. It's you're constantly learning. You're constantly growing. But it's so important to tell yourself, you know, I get the opportunity to do this. You know, I, I get the opportunity to learn something new. And when you start uh, positioning it to yourself in that way, you, you see all the um, great opportunities and blessings that you get from it. And it's so difficult, or it's so easy to get bogged down in all, the, uh, in all the work that you have to do. You know, people don't realize just to put an article together, just to put a social media post together, uh, takes so much effort. 
Um, but, you know, just being excited and positive in everything you do is, 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 I think, my number one. And secondly, is just, you know, to your point about looking at the data and stuff is I am a creative and innovative, I, I, but I'm also analytical. So I use both of those um, skills to help me with my strategies. And I definitely think, you know, future marketers need to need to look at the data out there. They need to see what people are engaging with, uh, what are the opportunities that they have, and then just leverage off those opportunities and, and communicate in an authentic way, you know, through storytelling. But people can really pick up so quickly when you're being disingenuine. So that's so important. And then I think my third one is, and I'm going to combine these two, is just having a growth mindset, being willing to want to learn and want to go to take initiative to go above and beyond what is required. Uh, but also, you know, while, while on your journey to be kind and respectful towards other people, you know, not only in your team, but everybody who you encounter and just make an effort to find out how they are in an email. I know things go so quickly, but just, you know, saying, hi, Doug, hi, Gordon, how are you? How was your long weekend? It goes so far because, and I'm not saying this just um, so that when you need their help, they're willing to help you. But, you know, just building those relationships, because I know when, when we launch products or we launch campaigns, things move so quickly and different teams have to be on standby to work overtime, to work on weekends. And just having those great relationships with them, they're more inclined to help you. Um, so, yeah, the, those were some of my, my top tips yeah, <laughs> for future great. marketers. That's yeah, very sound. And I think, you know, just, I mean, just adding on to, on to one of those things, Sarisha, I think your point is so valid in, in, you know, you work in a big organization with lots of moving parts and, and, and so on. So there's no one person who's ultimately going to be successful without a team of people around them. And I think, you know, if you look often at, at why things fail, they often fail because people don't do their but sometimes they don't do it purposefully because they either don't like you, they don't buy into the idea, you haven't sold it to them, etc. But what they don't do is tell you why they did it. You know what I mean? So you, you, you look at a lot of company failures and you say to yourself, but the idea was such a sound idea, but badly executed because, you know, as you say, you haven't sensitized that environment and you haven't, to use yeah. your words, be kind. It's more than just being kind. It's being genuine, being, you know, all of those things that we know as opposed yeah. to saying, listen, this is an idea and, you, and this is how it's going to work and this is how you're going to do it. So I guess, you know, the world is changing and has changed over a long period of time now to be more collaborative and, as you say, you know, kinder and, and, and more accommodating. Because a lot of the times things will fail, uh, not because they're a bad idea, but because they're badly put together or executed. So we should just, last point from my side, I mean, we're unfortunately running out of time and we could have a, a much longer chat. I just want you to take us through the Running World Cup, please. Talk to me about how, as a young person, you suddenly got involved with superstar athletes. Uh, you, were do, you were doing stuff across London, across different territories. So let's talk about that opportunity. Uh, five years in your journey and suddenly you with Usain Bolt and, and Wade Fabikak, etc. <laughs> So very, very exciting time. Definitely one of the most challenging projects I've gotten uh, the chance to work on. But uh, in last year, we we launched the inaugural Vitality Running World Cup. And when I say launch, we sponsored it. So um, uh, the Running World Cup was initially, you know, from the UK. Someone started it there and 
we absolutely loved it. Also, it's part of our global uh, initiative to get people moving more, to get people more active. And, you know, so it, it definitely was, you know, the, the right move to get, you know, South Africans healthy and South Africans moving. So, uh, you know, in addition to that, uh, it was important for us to, to build our relationships with uh, our Vitality Global uh, International Markets as well. And, and this served as, as, you know, just the campaign to check all those boxes. Uh, I was responsible for getting at least 100,000 South Africans participating in this, you know, largest global math participation event. And it was free to everyone. Um, and, you know, it was free. Anyone could enter. All you had to do was run or jog at least uh, 3Ks in 30 minutes. So definitely achievable. Even I participated. <laughs> and, you know, just part of this uh, campaign, it was incredible and a, a full integrated marketing campaign. But you're not only looking at internal stakeholders that you have to deal with. You're looking at vitality, the vitality global market. So from the US to the UK to um, Asia to the Asian markets as well, um, and you know we we used um, Usain Bolt. So Usain Bolt was uh, the uh, ambassador for for the UK, um, sorry for Jamaica, and then Jessica Ennis Hill was the ambassador for the UK, and Wade Fanikak was uh, the ambassador for South Africa. So we had everyone behind us, you know, just encouraging uh, people. With, within their countries to participate and uh, countries would need to compete against each other to see um, which country came first. And it could be uh, regarded as the, you know, running world cup champion. Um, so I had the opportunity to put together briefs and guide creative direction on, on a global television commercial that we did with the same bolt, Jessica Innes Hill and Wade Van Ekerk. We also, um, played it on uh, Sky News. So we had these um, IDENs, so specific sections, five minutes before and five minutes after a sports bulletin, which is very exciting. Um, in addition to that, the communication had to be so tailored and you had to plan in advance, uh, but you also had to be flexible enough to change up the communication just because each, uh, so it was over a six week period. It was during March and April. And each stage of the tournament would happen over a weekend. So, you know, we encouraged people to enter. Uh, it, was, it was divided into four phases in terms of the communication. So the first phase is to create awareness, drive engagement. Then you're going into education. So getting people signing up for the tournament. The third phase was actually engaging with them while they've entered. And the last part was then, you know, the opportunity to upsell and cross-sell Vitality and our other products. And while COVID had um, obviously caused the tournament to uh, be postponed during the last stage, South Africa did phenomenally well. I mean, we had over 5.5 million in, in PR value, over 19.3 million impressions, and over 86,000 South Africans participating, which is, is really incredible. It's the first time something like this has come to South Africa. Um, you know, considering that it was during uh, a tough time during COVID um, and, and just so many um, overwhelmingly positive uh, comments and sentiments and when people are like, you know, when, it, when is this coming back? 
So it's it's been so exciting. Um, I think just on the, the communication, you know, we had to write so many different messages for if South Africa had to be knocked out of the tournament, how do you still engage with these participants and keep them wanting to still, you know, participate? We had incentives to say, you know what, uh, even if we were knocked out, you can still enter, still run for your country and you can still stand a chance to win, you know, some of our amazing prizes um, that we offered, you know, together with our partners. So it was it was very exciting. It definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone, taught me a lot as well, just the importance of tailoring communication to target audiences, ensuring that it's relevant and that it's timely. And that's why a majority of our communication platforms use digital channels. I mean, even on our billboards, we had messages for if South Africa went through to uh, another stage, also a backup, if South Africa didn't, what is our message? <laughs> you know, just to get people still excited and still involved. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's to stay flexible. And I think we've spoken, Gordon, you made the point of, of, of agility uh, in terms of modern day marketing. Uh, you've got to be able to sense where it is. And as you say, you know, there's so many variables, so many permutations in any campaign. So again, a big well done. So Risha, we're unfortunately running out of time. Can you just one last thing? How do people get hold of you? If somebody wants to talk with you, chat with you, are you on any social platforms? Sure. So I'm on LinkedIn. So you can find me at Sarisha Pillay and also via email. So my email is sarishap.pillay7 at gmail.com. Excellent. Thanks very much, Sarisha. Thanks for your time. I'm the lead Gordon thank you from his side and close us out but thanks very much well done again it's a fantastic achievement top rising star winner this year um yeah so enjoy it enjoy the celebrations oh, and uh, thank you so much thanks for your time gordon i'll hand over to you to close it out yeah well speaking of celebrations indeed congratulations but i see wait for nika i think ran the third or fourth fastest time for 200 meters uh this year uh, that was a week or so ago. So hopefully we get to celebrate something as South Africans uh, in Japan. But Sarisha, Doc, well done to you and the team, uh, to all the winners out there. Fantastic, uh, inspirational, I think, for all of us. Everyone likes to be a winner. And I think everyone likes to see hardworking winners being rewarded. So to all the listeners, thanks for the time. And uh, ciao for now. Thank you so much, Gordon. Doug? Thanks. You know, yeah, thanks, Sarisha. Thanks for your time. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook. Like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Matanz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Muller, the Guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media, and I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word, this is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo, and we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. This podcast series has been made possible by The Salt, the influencer company that turns influence into affluence. In the same way that information is presented in this podcast in a relatable and authentic way, The Salt gets your customers to tell their real brand stories to their community. 
Go to thesalt.co.za to learn more about how the salt can help you grow your business.